It's great to see everybody this morning. I think, if you don't know me, my name is Daryl. I'm the lead pastor here. And so again, it's just great to be here this morning. Obviously, summer has arrived. <laughs> you know, we've been uh, going through this, this series about uh, paradoxes in Scripture. And... Um, I told you about this, this sermon. That w- this was given by um, Dick Mills. Um, I think around John might know, John Moore might know better than I because he's got a sharper mind than I do. Uh, but I think it was somewhere around 2002, somewhere in there. Sounds good to him. So we're, we have an accord. <laughs> But he gave this sermon, and these were his notes. And so he gave me his notes, and I've had them ever since. And, um, but when you think about, you know, Scripture and, and just life's journey, you know, we, we spend a lot of time in performance, don't we? Much of our lives growing up is fashioned by performing. You know, and, uh, and I'm not saying performing is bad. But, you know, as I was thinking about growing up, uh, my parents, you know, Daryl, come on, just get an A and I'll give you some money. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't say it like that, but I'm sure they felt that way. Um, or, you know, in sports or or some kind, any kind of performance, whether you're instruments or whatever. But we, performance is a big deal. Even today, as you think about if you're in college or if you're at a, a, a job situation, performance is you're always trying to achieve, you're always trying. And part, another part of performance is getting the gratitude of other people. You know, that a boy type of thing, or, or gratitude of your employers so that, you know, um, you, you get raises and promotions and things like that. I'm not saying, don't hear this, that uh, performing is bad. I think what performing is truly all about is why we perform, why we do what we do, what is our motivation. What is driving us? What is it that causes us to do the things we do? And I think these are some of the things that Jesus is talking about right here. He's not, he's not talking about that position is bad. He's not talking about any of those kinds of things. What he's saying is, is what is behind it? In other words, what is in your core? What is in your interior life? What is the things that, are, that, that causes us to make the decisions that we make? What, are the, what, are the, what is our true north? Or, or the, all those kinds of things. And that's really what these things are about. About, um, you know, if you, if, you, if you want to gain, you lose. If you want to, you want to get raised up, to get raised up, you're lower. To get, you give. And if you want to live, he says, you die. 
Doesn't that just inspire you when you hear those words? No. You have to think about it, right? What is Jesus, what is the core of what Jesus is saying here? What is he communicating? What is he, what is he trying to get us to understand? So this morning, I'm, I'm, I want to just kind of continue a little bit about um, what we talked last week. And about all these things is really about finding ourselves. What is the true you? See, Jesus died and took upon the sins, your sins, my sins, so that you and I, as we come into this relationship with Jesus, we find who we were really created to be. That was one of the most liberating thoughts in my own personal life. When I came to Christ, I realized the person that I was formed by my social life, even some way by my, my authority, uh, influences, all kind of fashioned me. When I came to Christ, I, re- I got set free from some of those attitudes. And, and some of them were a weight. They're, they weighed me down because I was trying to be somebody I wasn't created to be. And if you really want to look at that, you want to say, wow, I really want to study this. Study Psalm 139. Start to study it. Sit with Psalm 139. I knew you. I knew you. I knew you when you were being formed in your mother's womb. I know you're coming in and you're going out. I know who you are. Whether you follow Christ or not, he knows who you are. He knows you. He knows us. And the thing is, he formed us in such a way that we could live a life that not only honors God, but makes us complete. And we become all we can become. So if you have your, your Bibles, or you can turn on your Bible app, turn to Matthew 23. I come really prepared. I have the scripture on my notes. I have my Bible with me. And then I have it on my... So if one fails, i got to back up. You're in good shape. I will be reading this morning from the ESV, English Standard Standard Version. In verse 1 it says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, place of authority. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. Do what they tell you. In other words, Jesus is really giving them a compliment here. They know the word. They know the law. They know the traditions. Listen to them. But don't do what they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear. And they lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing, to, not willing to move them with their fingers. Verse 5. 
They do all their deeds to be seen by others. For they make their phylacteries, prayer boxes, um, broad, and their fringes long. And they love the place of honor at feast and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to call. You are not to be called rabbis. For you have one teacher and you all are brothers. So what he's saying here, we have one teacher and we're all one community. And he's using the Pharisees as an example of what not to be. He goes on and he says, I call no man, call no man your father on earth. And he's not saying here, don't call your dad, daddy or father or papa. He's not saying that. He's not talking about his natural. He's using this in a religious term. For you have a father who is in heaven, neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Key verse. The greatest among us will be the servant. Whosoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles themselves will be exalted. So Jesus, a real key here, Jesus says two things that are important to him. Humility and service. Humility and service. You can underline those, highlight those, but that's what he's talking about. But I want to talk about those philaphories or philip whatever. Thank you. They're, they're, they're prayer boxes. And the Orthodox or conservative Jewish, Jewish people still wear these during prayer. And they have this box they put on their forehead. Your word is ever before me. And they would put certain scriptures in there, in this box here. And then on their left arm, they'd put another box with certain scriptures in them. And they would go, you would see if you were in Jerusalem, you'd be in the Wailing Wall, and you would see them have those kinds of things. And, um, and they, here again, Orthodox, conservative Jewish people still practice this today. A lot there, a lot behind it. But I will say this. We are those... And I'm, I'm not saying this, I'm not, this is, I'm just trying to let you know what, that's what they are. They're just prayer boxes. And, and we, if we were to do, if I was to do something like this, I'd be walking around like this all the time. <laughs> but the truth is, I, that, it hasn't helped me, so. Um, but Jeremiah 31, 33 says, there's a day coming, says the Lord. When I will write my word on people's hearts. And that's us. Where our word is written on our hearts. It's, it's a part of who we are. It is a part of our core. It is our, our lamp to our feet. And all you'll find all through scriptures, God would bring these times of renewal. In the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. These times of renewal. And somebody might say, well, what good is a renewal? It doesn't last. But you know what Billy Sunday, the evangelist, said, uh, I think he was in the 50s or 40s, somewhere in there. Billy Sunday, evangelist, said this. He says, yeah, you take a bath, but it doesn't last either. In other words, it's good for you. Come on. Got it? 
All right, I, that didn't fly as well as I thought it would. <clears throat> Anyways. So Jesus, we rise by lowering, as he said there in verse 12, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So does that mean that we take this uh, performance of piety? Does that, does that mean that, okay, I got this, I'm going to humble myself, Oh, woe is me, poor Daryl. Or is there something more there that Jesus is saying? Do we make it a work? Do we make it, do we make it a performance? Because that's our nature. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get to our core nature. We make everything in some kind of performance. We do it naturally. From day one, we are told to perform well. And if you want my blessing, this is what you do to get it, right? <laughs> Come on. But not so with Jesus. Not, and actually, Cherish said this, but not so with Jesus. Jesus loves you completely the way you are right now. Right now. And it's not based on what you do or I do. It's not based on that at all. He loves you because he created you. He has nothing but the best for you. He has nothing but... He has a true self for you that he's saying, come and let's discover this together. So he's saying that they had a false concept of leadership. And truth is, we love the praise of other people, don't we? We love it. We, you know, when somebody comes up, good job, high five, you know, knuckle me. You know, that, you know, that, that was a great sermon, Daryl, or, or whatever. We, we do enjoy compliments. We do, don't we? And I'm not saying they're bad. I think it's good. To, to compliment people, especially when they have done a good job. I think it's encouraging. But not to the point where it feeds ego. See, there again, what is in the core of what that's all about? Here again, I want to talk about Albert Einstein. When he said, try to be, become a man or a woman of success, but rather, try not to become a man or woman of success, but rather... Try to become a man or woman of values. One of our values here in a corporate sense is to build a community of hope. That's one of our overarching values. And a part of that overarching value is what Jesus said, or what it said also in the Old Testament, said that we will love the Lord our God with our whole heart, soul, strength, and mind, and our neighbor as ourselves, building a community of hope. In a very a world today that's very challenged with hope. I mean, you know, you realize that people want to come to this country because we're a country of hope. You realize that, right? People invade this country because they believe it's a place of hope and restoration and, and a different type of life. 
We want to be a community of hope and encouragement, not because of performance, because we believe there's more to each and every one of us than what we just do. And I'm hope, I, my prayer today is that I communicate that well. So I want to talk a little bit about core values. It's mentioned it last week, but I want to talk about personal core values. Not corporate core values, personal core values. Core values are the fundamental belief of a person or organization. These guiding principles dictate behavior and can help people understand the difference between right and wrong. Right and wrong. Core values. So what I did is I wrote out about a list of 60 values. And I am going to share some of my core values with you. I'm not trying to say, because these are mine, they should be yours. Although I think they're very good. And you can take them on if you so choose. But I think it's, it's a great exercise for each and every one of us to discern or And look, I'm talking about, well, I have Jesus and he's my core value. Okay, amen. Tell me more about that. Right? I'm going to tell you more about that. I'm going to put some, I'm going to build, try to build a word picture for us. So, some of my core values, or these are my core values, is being authentic. Just being authentic. The real deal. Not just in words, and not just in performance, but really be those things. The things I believe in. The things that I trust to be, just being authentic. You know, uh, authenticity today is extremely challenged at almost every level. At every level. So I want to be a person that wants to not only say it, but I want to be it. That is authenticity. And... Um, And this has been part of my life for a long time. I just wanted to, I didn't want to be some person that got up and was able to do great sermonizing and encouragement and stuff like that, and then, you know, live like somebody else. Or not be able to practice the things that I encourage other people to practice. Authenticity is a big deal for me. Now look, this is no real order. I just, I just went in and picked this. So I'm not saying that's number one. And I also believe this, all of this that I have up there, I also believe it fulfills the call of the Scripture. But it is, it is my interior life. And I'm not saying I'm there at every level. I'm saying I strive to continue to grow in these things. Honesty and integrity. Honesty and integrity. Huge in today's world. And, uh, and we, all, we all desire it. We all desire to, have, we all desire to believe in our politicians that, that are honest and have integrity. We all want to have relationships of people that are honest and have integrity. Big deal. I think it's a big deal in Christ. 
Honesty and integrity. And, and, and I'll tell you what, the devil attacks these things. He attacks it if you're a business owner, you're always, you know, they're, they're looking for all the loopholes. You know, if you're, if you're doing your taxes, you're looking for all loopholes. You know, you're just honesty at every level, honesty and integrity. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, sometimes I just, I just, you know, there's, way, there's times when I, when I, I you know, I'm, uh, you know, capturing miles on my car and stuff like that. And, and I just say to myself, well, no big deal. It is a big deal. Because I'm going to claim that. And if it isn't real, and if it, if, if it is not exact, then I'm not being honest, am I? And how, now this is a sidebar, how does the devil erode our interior life? Little by little. One little small step at a time, right? Another one's a big deal for me is accountability and commitment. Accountability and commitment. And the idea of accountability is I did not get to where I am by myself. I just did not. I did not. I didn't get here by myself. I had a lot of help. I had a lot of people encouraging me, and I had a lot of people challenging me. A lot of people asking me questions like, why are you doing that? Really? Where do you find that in the Scripture? Um, And then I'm married. So I have an accountability partner wherever I go. And Lisa's really committed. <laughs> uh, that might... Be, okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Compassion and community. Compassion and community. Being a compassionate person and a person that lives in community. See, all of these interlink. You know, they can stand by themselves, but really the truth is they all interlink, right? And then faith and spirituality. A man of faith, a person of faith, and a person that's growing in faith, and a person that's cultivating a healthy spiritual life. A healthy spiritual life. And, um, and there's all kinds of ways you can do that. Uh, Lisa and I do, and every other month, um, uh, a time where we just talk about h- how to do that. Some, some things that are helpful to d- create a healthy spiritual life. They have to do with devotional reading, with prayer, uh, with, you know, um, uh, study, all those things. Uh, you know, take a uh, silent retreat, half-day silent retreat, and journaling and things like that. Healthy spiritual life. And then the idea of faith, and this, this is huge. A lot of times faith clicks in when we are at the end of our rope. Because our nature is, we're going to do it, everything we can possibly, excuse me, everything we can possibly do with our own two hands. And then when we have come to the end of our rope, and we've done everything we possibly can, then it's like, help God. Right? Help God. I would suggest this. Learn to say help before you come to the end of your rope. Matter of fact, I would say, say help God before you even exhaust yourself. But that is a learning curve. 
because that is, doesn't come, nat- come natural for us. Natural is, well, I can do this, so I'm going to do it. What we need to do is say, Lord, I want to do this with you. I want you to lead me through this. I want to get wisdom from you about these things. So there's my list of uh, core values. And um, there you go. So what does core values mean? It's our interior life. It's what makes us tick. It's the things that we feel that we are unmovable about. They're not negotiable. They're not negotiable. These things for me are not negotiable. Now I'm not. I'm going to stand here. I'm not telling you I do these. I'm. Per, I'm not perfect. Many of these things I'm still striving to grow in and to cultivate and and learn and have people and learn from others. I'm still doing that. A matter of fact, I'll just give you a little um, confession here. We went to a pastors' conference last week, uh, a couple of days. And I said, Lisa and I were talking, I said, I am so conferenced out, you know. I've been going to conferences for 30 years. Uh, and, and I just, I go to be supportive because I com- I'm committed to community. <laughs> but, and, you know, so, because I'm committed, is one of my values, non-negotiable, win. And you know what? I was challenged to the core. I was so glad I went. I, they had a, a gentleman there by the name of Abe Huber from South America, and I, it was just the word of the Lord. I gleaned so much. I was so challenged. I had to repent every night, you know, because he so challenged me spiritually. And, and I, I realized that, you know, in my Westernism, you have a way of seeing the lens through a different lens. And he, he just shook my tree. And I said, all right, Lord, I repent. I'm glad I came, you know. I, I'm glad my values got me there and all that stuff. But I was really, I was really blessed. I was really blessed to be there. So uh, sometimes God has you do things like that. Um, so you ladies. So is that helpful? Are you inspired? Wrote them down. Those are mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I put them up there. Um, you know, I really, I spent a couple of days, it's really kind of, okay, what, and, and um, so I got here. So true greatness in the kingdom is lived out through these core values, our true, what we would say even true north. And Jesus saying, these things, these things, when they ultimately come out, they come out in serving other people. They, they come out in touching other people's lives in an effective way. Yes, it does create some really uh, strong core. And every one of us need to have, let's put it this way, a very strong spiritual core. Very strong spiritual core. And that's what Jesus is saying about these paradoxes. He's talking about, I want you to be all you can be, and this is how you can do it. And let me explain to you. And he used the Pharisees as, as an example of what not to be. But they, they knew the law. 
they understood and they could communicate their well, but they, their lives were not a life where Jesus said, I want you to follow them. I want you to have their experience. See, because they had such big egos. That's what that was about. They had big egos. And they would flaunt themselves because they were the, the religious elite. The religious elite. And Jesus said, I don't want you to be religious elites. I want you to be brothers and sisters. I want you to be a community. A community. And that's why he had that dialogue. So 1 Peter says this. It says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all of your worries and your cares to God. For he cares about you. There is really the truth. And I shared last week that um, I think the Lord was really tapping into something in my life where he said, Daryl, you'll forever be a novice. And that word means this to me. It means that you'll be forever a learner. You'll be forever a discipler. You're a disciple and a discipler, and you'll forever have to lean on me. That's what that meant to me. And I said, thank you, Lord, because God knows I need it. So I have a little gift for you here. Um, I copied these up to hand out to all of you guys. It's the word of the Lord for you. It says it right here. A word from the Lord just for you. And at the bottom of it, it says Dick Mills. And so, and then on the back of it, what I've placed is I put a prayer on the back. And I'll just read it to you. And, but I, what I suggest is as you just kind of go through this, this maybe you might want to pray this, pray this prayer very sincere. It needs to be sincere. Otherwise, it's just words. Lord Jesus, you've called us to follow you as disciples. Help us to respond wholeheartedly without counting the cost. That's a challenge. You invite us to proclaim your gospel of hope and salvation here at home and to all the nation and peoples. Teach us to be faithful evangelists or communicators in the word, in word, and in action. You have given us every spiritual and material blessing. Show us how to share our gifts with others. And inspire us always to follow your example of generosity and self-giving. Gracious Lord, teach us to give with all joyous and grateful hearts that we may provide hope. Hope, consolation, and care to the people and thus give glory and honor to your holy name, amen. Now what I would do, as you feel moved, is I would take that and I would per- personalize. Lord, you have called me. And I, I would really ask the Lord to sincerely saturate your heart with this prayer. I realize this prayer is very challenging. I get it. But without God's help, we could never walk in such, in such a prayer like this. This is really not about us. It's about saying yes to Jesus. So um, 
Dave, would you pass these out for me? And we'll go ahead and have the worship team come forward. Uh, And as I close here, um, let's just take a minute and uh, we'll go ahead and take our offering right now. And also... While the offerings go around, this is a great time to put your Connect card in. It's a way that we can communicate and connect with you. And so, Lord, I I just want to say, God bless you. God bless you for your commitments. God bless you for, here again, I say this often, uh, you know, giving donations and tithes and offering is a sacrifice. And I I understand that. So God bless you for, for willing to do that. And while that's going around, I just want to read out of um, Hebrews 1. It says, Long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promises everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the sun, he created the universe. And the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the the very character of God. And he sustains everything by his mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the right place of honor at the right hand of majesty of God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. Now, the only reason I'm reading this is because Jesus is our source. We are able to have strong cores and strong values because of Jesus. And my encouragement is, is sit with Jesus. Sit with him. Allow him to become your best friend. Allow Jesus to be your guidepost, your light. Allow Jesus to illuminate under the power of his Holy Spirit, to illuminate God's word in your heart. And let that change your life in such a way that your core and your values begin to become something that is recognizable. That is recognizable. Here again, it's not performance. It's just being. Being. And it lives out and touches other people. As it says in Romans 12 too, Don't be conformed, but be transformed. Let's worship a couple of songs.